Before we dive into this episode, I want to quickly share about a new course I'm offering called Finding Your Voice. It's a four-week course that's all about reclaiming the power of your voice and your right to express yourself. It's about releasing old conditioning that taught us that we need to ask for permission or somehow be an expert before we are allowed to speak. In the process, I'll be sharing a lot about my own journey with finding my voice as a writer, as a teacher, as an energy worker, and of course, as a podcaster. The work that we will be doing is going to unfold on many levels, on an intellectual level, an energetic level, and a spiritual level. I'll be sharing talks to seed new ideas and perspectives, offering journal prompts and rituals to help you tune into old patterns and lay the groundwork for new ones. And I'll also be sharing a series of deep guided energy meditations to clear stuck energy and old fossilized ideas about how we think about self-expression. It's going to be a deep, connective, fun, and I hope freeing course. And I would love to have you join me if it feels aligned with where you're at and what you're planning to explore for yourself in 2024. I'm currently running an early bird special that will save you $30 on registration that is running through this Friday, December 15th. You can learn more about the course and book your spot at jkg.co slash voice. That's jkg.co slash voice. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jocelyn K. Gly, and this is Hurry Slowly, a podcast that shares provocative ideas about creativity, consciousness, and healing. Today, I want to talk about what it means to be truly here in the present moment, how nourishing that is, and how much of what we call wellness culture is constantly pulling us away from this presence and away from the healing that we are seeking. So let's start with a little side note on awakening. As someone who has most definitely not experienced enlightenment, but may have experienced some mild awakening from the depths of my slumber, my experience is that waking up is not an easy or certainly not a graceful process. In fact, I think it's very much like when you wake up in the middle of the night to step out of bed and go to the bathroom and you realize that your foot is asleep. So first you stumble and then you sort of hobble along. And then that slightly magical, slightly painful feeling of walking on pins and needles comes into your foot. And maybe you stop and massage it a little bit and then you <laughs> hobble around a little bit longer. And then eventually, voila, your foot is awake. <laughs> I would say that that fairly accurately describes my experience of awakening. And lately, I have been walking around on pins and needles as I notice all of the ways in which I spend so much time trying to be anywhere but here, here in the present moment. I'm noticing the little pinpricks of comparison and how I look to others to see how I measure up to them or how they measure up to me or how I might look outside of myself for approval or to feel like I'm doing a quote-unquote good job. 
I'm noticing how I needle myself with worst case scenarios to gin up anxiety that pulls me into my head and out of my body, out of rootedness and out of the present moment. I'm noticing how I can turn to my relationships with others as a way to escape myself, thinking, oh, you know, let me help this person fix this thing or that thing so that I don't have to think about or work on all of my own shit. It's a tingly, prickly kind of noticing, this waking up. And it's not particularly pleasant hobbling around the world like this, but it is constructive. You have to learn how to hobble before you can run, as they say, right? That's what they say. So I'm starting to notice all of the ways in which mentally and energetically, I have this tendency to go somewhere else and to not be here. And at the same time, I'm noticing what's happening at the opposite end of the spectrum, how when I am truly present, how when I am truly rooted in my body, rooted to earth, how when I am truly here, those are the only moments in which I can be truly grateful, in which I can notice everything that I have. Those are the only moments in which I can see and feel who I truly am. Those are the only moments in which I can really experience pleasure. I was recently revisiting an interview that I did on this podcast with Adrian Marie Brown, which is one of my all-time favorite interviews. And I was talking to her about her book, Pleasure Activism. And I remember in that conversation that all of the different examples that Adrian shared with me about finding pleasure and even all of the examples of pleasure that I could think of for myself They were all instances in which I or other people were completely present in the moment. They were instances of pleasure that happened in the real 3D embodied present moment. And it really kind of clicked in my consciousness in that moment that we can only experience pleasure when we're truly here, when we're truly in our bodies, when we're truly present. And I think it's also true that we can only heal when we are here, when we are truly present in this moment. And I think one of the great challenges to this is that in our culture, the environment that we are living and breathing in all of the time is always encouraging us to be somewhere else, to not be present with our current self as it is, to not focus on what we are or what we've accomplished or what we love or what we want to celebrate, but to focus on what we are not, where we've fallen short, where we are wanting, what we lack, what we still need to heal. This is where the Venn diagram of capitalism culture and productivity culture and wellness culture all intersect and overlap. They all have a common interest in drawing our attention to that which we are not, or that which we do not have, or that which we have not yet accomplished. As any of you who've listened to this podcast for a long time will know, I have been on a long journey to disentangle and decouple myself from this relentless productivity drive, this drive that's really connected to doing with a capital D, and to seeing our self-worth through the lens of what we have accomplished. 
Because according to this view, we are no more or no less than the sum of our productivity, than the sum of what we might produce within a given day. And this is a belief that's really deeply embedded in this culture in which we live and breathe right now. And I've spent a lot of time trying to unwind from that belief. I did an episode many years ago now called Who Are You Without the Doing?, which was about how we might answer that very question, which is a question that a healer asked me back in 2014, and that I really didn't know how to answer. What was my essence when I was just present, when I was still, when I was not doing anything? At the time that she asked me, I had no idea, because I saw myself entirely through the lens of what I was trying to accomplish and what I was trying to achieve. And as I began to unwind from that way of relating to the world, as I shifted away from this mindset of always being engaged with, you know, what should I be doing or what do I need to be doing right now? I noticed that as I disengaged from that question, I started to engage with a new question, which was, what do I need to let go of? So once I released that question of of what do I need to be doing, of being so focused on the doing, it was almost like the impulse went in the opposite direction, where I then became really focused on, well, what do I need to let go of? And initially, that felt like a much more positive focus. Rather than focusing on doing and accruing and accomplishing, I was concerning myself with releasing and divesting, right, letting go. But after being in that spot for a while and listening to my internal dialogue, I noticed that my new focus, my new question was really just more of the same thing, the same kind of escapism in a new costume. Even as I was focusing on, well, what do I need to let go of? I was still trying to give myself a task. I was still trying to keep myself in a place of being dissatisfied with myself. I was still trying to keep myself focused on all that I was not so that I wouldn't notice all that I am. And I share that little story because now I think we're starting to see that same shift play out on a larger cultural scale where we used to focus exclusively on our productivity to take ourselves elsewhere and to notice all the ways in which we were falling short. Now we use wellness in almost exactly the same way. Just like productivity culture shows us how we could always do more and by reflection how we're not doing enough, wellness culture shows us how we could health more or heal more and by reflection how we're not well or healed enough. We're constantly shown all of the ways in which we could be more fit or we could be eating cleaner or we could be aging less or We could just generally be more healed or enlightened or awake. And this has created this whole other fantasy realm in which we can imagine all of the ways in which we are not where or who or what we want to be. And the the lure, the bait we get hooked in by is the idea that we're enacting self-care. But what's actually happening is we're being invited to focus on all of the ways in which we are inadequate or less than, even as it seems like we're healing ourselves. So it's, it's subtle and it's tricky and it's very easy to get sucked into. I am certainly not immune. And both of these impulses that our culture 
pushes us towards, towards ever more productivity and ever more wellness, they keep us in this state of always being elsewhere, of always being anywhere but here, of projecting all of your energy and your desire out into the future where you could or should be a healthier, more accomplished, more well, more healed person. And it keeps us in this state that the writer Oliver Bergman calls when I finally mindset. This is what he writes in his excellent book, 4,000 Weeks, as he defines this concept of when I finally mindset. Quote, when I finally mindset, as in when I finally get my workload under control, get my candidate elected, find the right romantic partner, sort out my psychological issues, then, then I can relax and the life I was always meant to be living can begin. The person mired in this mentality believes that the reason she doesn't feel fulfilled and happy is that she hasn't yet managed to accomplish certain specific things. When she does so, she imagines she'll feel in charge of her life and be the master of her time. Yet in fact, the way she's attempting to achieve that sense of security means she'll never feel fulfilled because she's treating the present solely as a path to some superior future state, and so the present moment won't ever feel satisfying, end quote. And what this idea boils down to, what this way of constantly projecting ourselves into the future, constantly imagining the superior future self, really focusing all of our energy out in front of us into the future, what that really boils down to is this idea that if I can extract just a little bit more from myself, then I'll be good. That's the state that capitalism wants us to be in. If I can just extract a little more from myself, I'll be good. And now we apply this same extractive mindset to our healing, to our wellness, thinking that we have to heal this or that other thing before we can really relax, before we can really receive love, before we can really let ourselves be here right now exactly where we are, exactly as we are. There's a quote from the psychotherapist Bruce Tift that I really love that I think I shared on this podcast before. I think it was in an episode called What If I'm Not Broken? And it really captures how we do this, how we do what I was just describing in terms of our healing. And this is a quote from an appearance that he made on the Insights at the Edge podcast with Tammy Simon. Bruce Tift says, quote, I think that in the Western psychotherapy view, the developmental view, because there's so much interest in historic origins of current ways we organize our experience, it's very easy to somewhat unconsciously take the attitude that there actually is a problem in the past that needs to be healed. There are wounds that need to be healed before somebody can be fully present. I think, again, unconsciously, it's very easy then to take on a project of self-improvement where we don't realize that we're postponing recognizing that we are always fully present. We are always fully intimate with life and with each other. We are always fully engaged. There's no other possibility. But I think a lot of us have this unexamined idea that when I clear these things up in the future, 
Then I'll show up. Then I'll accept myself. Then I'll bring my vulnerability to my partner, whatever our thing is. So one of the problems with the overtime approach in our culture especially is that we postpone acceptance until there's a certain type of improvement, end quote. Hmm. We postpone acceptance of ourselves until there's a certain type of improvement. Does that sound familiar to you? It sure does sound familiar to me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is going to sound kind of dumb, but it's actually kind of deep. So try to be patient with me. The only place we can move forward from is here. The only place you can find healing in is right here with yourself in the present moment. And when we project our thoughts and our hopes and our dreams outside of ourselves over there into what could be, we're putting all of our energy into an imaginary realm and we're abandoning ourselves. By which I mean we're withdrawing our energetic resources. We're abandoning ourselves and withdrawing our energetic resources from ourselves in this moment which is the only place where we can actually work from, which is the only place where we can actually heal from, which is the only place where we can actually experience pleasure from. And now I have one last quote that I want to share that makes this point really well from psychologist and therapist John Wellwood. It's from his book, Toward a Psychology of Awakening Buddhism, Psychotherapy, and the Path of Personal and Spiritual Transformation. And I think I might have also shared this quote in a previous podcast episode because I am apparently weaving together in my own consciousness right now a lot of different things that have come up in little bits and bobs in past episodes. John Wellwood is also, by the way, the person who coined the now quite popular term spiritual bypassing. So this is the passage I wanted to share from his book. He writes, quote, Whenever we work on ourselves with a particular outcome or fix in mind, or strive to get somewhere different from where we are, we cut ourselves off from the immediacy of being, which is the only true agent of healing and transformation that there is. The immediacy of being is the only true agent of healing and transformation that there is. We can access our being only through present experiencing, which is therefore the only place where real healing can happen. We can't get there to healing from here unless we are fully here where we are, end quote. So that's a little bit of a word tangle, but the point is here is all that we've got. Here is the only place we can work from. And here is the only place we can heal from. If we're always going somewhere else, how are we ever going to take care of ourselves? And I don't mean indulge in quote unquote self-care, but really care for ourselves, really care for those around us. Healing doesn't happen. Healing can't happen in an extractive environment. Healing doesn't respond to hashtag goals. <laughs> healing can only happen when we come back to this moment and decide to really be with ourselves or to really be with our partner or to really be with our friend 
or to really be with our community or the group we're sitting with in that moment. And capitalism and productivity culture and the wellness industry are always trying to tell us to look over there for the answer, for the achievement, for the healing. If you just put in a little more effort, if you just self-flagellate a little longer, if you just manifest a little harder, if you just buy this one small thing, you can get to the other side of this, right? That's the promise. But when you get over there, what happens is all you find is another over there that you need to get to, right? That's what Oliver Berkman is saying with this idea of one I finally mindset. And the truth is we never get to finally, so to speak. There's just this ever unfolding journey. So why postpone being here, being here on the journey? What if being here is exactly the medicine that you need? Think about the moments when you have really found clarity or have really found peace or when you really experienced joy. Have those moments ever happened anywhere but here in this moment when you felt truly present? Think about the moments where you have actually experienced real healing, where you've had, you know, a really good cry, or when someone has truly listened to you, when you felt really seen, when you have felt deeply cared for. Those moments always happen here, through presence, through listening, through witnessing, through comforting, through soothing. And maybe it was when someone else was being super present for you, witnessing you with their whole being. Or maybe it was you being truly present for you, allowing yourself not to go anywhere else, allowing yourself the gift of just being here. I find that when I do truly come back here into deep presence, I wonder why I ever go anywhere else. Because when I stop focusing on all that I am not, what happens is I can remember all that I am. So one thing I don't talk a lot about on this show is my love of crystals. And who knows, maybe I will get so deep into the woo someday that we will go there, but I don't think today is that day. Suffice to say, I am a regular visitor to my local crystal shop. Because why would I live anywhere that didn't have a local crystal shop? I wouldn't do that. (laughs) So I was at my local crystal shop and I was buying a garnet crystal. And if you speak crystalese, you will know that garnets are for connecting to the root chakra, for tuning into earth, for connecting to one's right to be here. And all of the joy that is available right here in this moment, all of the healing that is available right here in this moment. So basically, the energy of garnets is very much connected to what we're talking about right now. And as I was walking out of the store, the owner pointed to a neon sign that she had over the door that said in this pink curling script, it said, you are already that. And she said, that is the message of garnet. So this is what I've been thinking about lately. How can I, how can we disentangle ourselves from this constant messaging that keeps us focused on all that we are not and come back into a deeper awareness of all that we are? 
and maybe even go one step further, tuning into how you, me, we are already that. How do we already embody? How do we already connect to that which we long for? When we stop focusing on all that we are not, only then can we remember all that we are. And the only place that that realization can happen from is here. But how do you get back here in a culture that doesn't want you to be here, that wants you to be anywhere but here? Always thinking about something else, always thinking about what you lack. Well, I often think about reeling in all of that headlong, future-focused, when-I-finally energy. And I think about it kind of like reeling in a fish. You know, we have these quicksilver minds that are capable of so much, and these vast hearts that yearn for so much. And sometimes our energy just gets away from us, right? Like a slippery little fish. And so we have to take a few moments to just Reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. My regular practice now when I feel myself drifting away from myself into anxiety or into fantasy is to get into a comfortable seated position and take 20 breaths, just 20 breaths. And often as I'm doing it, I feel incredibly impatient. Like, why does it take so long to slow down? Just as I can be so anxious to escape myself, I can become equally anxious and impatient to return to myself. But then I usually just, you know, laugh at my ridiculousness and keep going. I just take 20 deep breaths in and out. Or if I'm really wound up, maybe 30 breaths. And almost always, without fail, by the time I complete that breathing, I am in a different place. I'm more present. And more importantly, I'm in a position to see myself in whatever situation I'm navigating with more tenderness and with more clarity. I'm able to remember who I am and what I'm capable of and what I have energy for. And also importantly, I can remember what I'm not capable of and what I don't have energy for. If I can offer myself the simple time and space and soothing of the breath, I can come back into myself and see everything more compassionately and more clearly, including me, including myself. So what if you were already that? What if you included all that you are, all that you have already accomplished, all that you have already healed? What if you included all of that, all of yourself, in every moment? What if you gave yourself credit for all that you already are and moved from there? What if you moved from that whole and integrated and powerful place? We are currently approaching the winter solstice and the new year, and for many of us, those are inflection points for rituals, for intentions, for resolutions, And if you are engaging with any of those things, if you are setting intentions, if you are making resolutions, I would invite you to consider turning your perspective inside out this year, to consider focusing on and appreciating what is rather than what could be. 
to consider how you might acknowledge and reverence and resource yourself based on all of the ways in which you are already embodying that which you yearn for. You can even literally make a list, Mad Lib style, where you write, I am already blank, and fill in the blank again and again and again. I did this exercise recently, and it was really quite powerful. It turns out that I already am so many things that I was yearning to be. I am already that, and it is so much. And so are you. Thank you for tuning into my words, this episode, this podcast. If you're not already subscribed, I also have a newsletter that comes out every other week that you would definitely dig if you dig this podcast. I share musings on culture and links to great articles and news about my latest offerings, courses, energy work, etc. And it's totally free. You can sign up for it at hurryslowly.co slash newsletter. If this episode sparked some new thinking or some insight for you, I would love it if you would share it with a friend or with your audience. When you spread the word, it helps me keep this podcast going and it allows me to continue making a living from doing this work. So I very much appreciate it. All right, that's all I've got for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember to take your time.